Leaving the sports world can be a difficult experience, especially if you aren't sure what your next shift is going to be. Judy Gilbert, a former university hockey player and now a business leadership coach and consultant, will introduce you to other athletes who have made the successful transition to the business world. You will hear the tactics that they use to turn their experience into a successful new career and how you can too. Welcome to The Next Shift. Here is your host and mentor, Judy Gilbert. Welcome to this episode of The Next Shift. I'm Judy Gilbert, and I'm thrilled to be here with you talking about how you can use the experience you have gained on the playing field to help you become successful in the business world as well. I grew up in a hockey family, and on this episode of The Next Shift, I am thrilled to be joined by my uncle, Dennis Hull. Dennis played more than 1,000 games in 14 NHL seasons with the Chicago Blackhawks and the Detroit Red Wings. Dennis made a name for himself with more than 300 career goals, including a 40-goal season with the Blackhawks. Dennis also played for Team Canada in the epic 1972 Summit Series before becoming a broadcaster, teacher, and sought-after keynote speaker. Dennis is the author of the book, The Third Best Hull, and talked to me about how his own self-confidence helped him throughout his career on and off the ice. Thank you, Dennis, for being here today. I appreciate very much that you're here. And and really today is about talking about that transition from sport into business. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a conversation around some of those transferable skills. Okay. But first of all, we did an introduction for you. And so our viewers uh, will know who you are and and Mm -hmm. what your background is. But can you tell us something that perhaps they don't know about you? Well, uh, perhaps they don't know that uh, I sang with Michael Bublé. Okay. On uh, Gordie Howe's 80th birthday. Wow. So when we were finished, I said, Michael, you were a little bit pitchy. (laughs) (laughs) And then I sang with Leona Boyd. Okay, I'm seeing a trend here with the singing. Yeah, I'm a singer. You're a singer from way back. Yeah, I should have been Freddie Mercury. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's great. So tell me, what drew you to the game of hockey? Why hockey? Well... As you know, uh, from Point Anne, we were right next to the Bay of Quinty, and uh, we used to go skating every morning and play hockey and clean the clean off, you know, the ice when it snowed. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brothers Gary and uh, Ron used to get so upset with me because I had to have the rink two hundred by eighty five. <laughs> <laughs> So we'd uh, play hockey there, and uh, uh, then I would go to Belleville and watch them play hockey. And, uh, you know, the first time I saw them play, I said, I want to do that. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Yeah. But wow. the, the first time we went, when I went with my dad, your grandfather, uh, we were going in, it was icy, and uh, he put the brakes on. And the three of us were in his Model A Ford, and he slid into the back of the bus. So the bus didn't even feel him. But anyway, he got out to look, and Ron and Gary got out, got their equipment, and heading for the rink. And I got out right behind him, 
And your grandfather said, even the little son of a bitch is leaving me. (laughs) (laughs) You know what really resonates when you say what captivated you around hockey Mm -hmm. and wanting to play and and you watching them play? Mm -hmm. And what really resonates with me is why I wanted to play is because I watched you play. Oh, isn't that nice? And and truly for me, as a four or five-year-old, only being able to stay up late when the Hawks were playing mm-hmm. the Leafs and right. to be able to watch you and Uncle Robert. Right. So, you know, for me, I think it was it's it's it was in me because of the mm. the family that I was very fortunate to be a part of. And and so I think that's for me why I was passionate about the game for sure. Okay. Well, you know, because you've heard it enough, your grandfather said if that Judy could have played, she'd been better than both of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was fortunate that he was able to see me play too. Yes, so that was yes, great. He loved for that. sure. For he loved sure. That. So let's talk a little bit about when you decided to hang up the skates and retire. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the last team that you played with would have been the Wings, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so when you decided to make that transition, what was the next step? What did you do? Well, it was. Uh, Pretty traumatic, you know. I was only thirty-three years old, yeah. and uh, you know I had three hundred thirty-three goals, and I thought, you know, if I hang around, you know, with this team, which isn't going anywhere, and I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get out, so I left, and uh, uh, I decided to go to university. Yeah. So I called my coach Billy Ray. And when I was in the parking lot at Brock University, and I said, Billy, I don't think I can do this. He said, listen, son, it'll, in three years, it'll seem like two weeks and you'll be out of there. And he was right. Mm-hmm. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. And I loved every minute of it. And then I had a chance to go to Ridley College, you know, the private school yes. uh, in St. Catharines. And I taught history there. And my first class had 10 boys in it. I said, I had more than this at my dinner table. <laughs> there was 12 of us at our dinner That's table. That's right, yeah. So that was, that was really a lot of fun. And uh, then I got, somehow, I went to Chicago for some reason. And I got recruited by the Illinois Institute of Technology, mm-hmm. Engineering and Architectural School. Yes. You had to be real smart to go to school there, but not work there. <laughs> <laughs> I knew something was coming. No, I just knew it. That was true. I loved it there too. Yeah. And uh, one of my most favorite stories is our school was right across the highway from White Sox Park, and we were playing Northwestern. And one of the boys, and you know, when they hit a home run in White Sox Park, they set the fireworks off. Okay. One of the boys from Northwestern hit a home run the same time as a guy from the White Sox. And the fireworks went off. And he came over and he said, Mr. Hull, how did you do that? (laughs) (laughs) He thought they were for him. Wow. Wow. So when you think about your successful transition from sport, and Mm -hmm. specifically hockey, and, I mean, you you went back to school and and then you were able to go to Ridley and work, and then you Mm -hmm. were in Chicago at the Institute. And then from there, what was that next, what was the next step for you? Well, um, you know, I, I was out speaking, right? I was doing speaking all over the country. And my uh, 
my boss at IIT, the Dean of Student Life, and his name was Dean, <laughs> which is <laughs> Dean unusual. Of <laughs> but, you know, I felt guilty because I was away all the time doing the speaking. And he said, you know, don't feel bad. You know, it's okay. But uh, anyway, I did feel guilty. And uh, that's when I left IIT and just took on the uh, speaking Your role. Your full-time speaking yeah. role. Mm -hmm. And why do you think, what are some of the skills that you acquired in sport that made you so successful in business? What are some of those things? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, the belief that you can do something. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what I always had. And uh, you know my uh, other two brothers, Gary and Ron, they didn't believe. And I did. Mm -hmm. Even though I was worse than them, I still believed that I was going to do it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, it ended up exactly that way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, to go through all of that and uh, believe in that, that was the most important thing, I think, mm -hmm. that I ever learned. Well, and I think that, you know, that also resonates with me. I think that as I've gone through my career and I've made changes in my career and, and put it, go, putting ourselves out there where it's not always comfortable, mm -hmm. but yet it's something that we need to do to take that next step. Right. But it's believing in ourselves that we can do that. Mm -hmm. And if we don't, who will believe that? Yeah, exactly. Right. And I yeah. think that that stems from my, my participation in sport and saying, mm -hmm. yes, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I can be part of this team and, and I can help this team be successful. Right. So then how do I parlay that? into my my career in business mm -hmm. and 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 having faith that we can do that mm -hmm. and being resilient we've talked about resiliency a lot today with some other folks sure. as well that comes out of that and being focused mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. okay. well you know my uh, first ever game in the NHL and you know this was in Detroit against my all-time hockey hero Gordy Howe mm -hmm. and uh, lots of guys have only played one or two games and it's my first game. I don't know how many games I'm going to play. I don't know I'm going to play a thousand games. Yes. So I decided as the players go by, I just touch them as they went by. Ted Lindsay, Alex Del Vecchio, Stan Makita, your uncle, I just touch him, Pierre Pallad. And I was having the best time until the middle of the third period. I got this persistent tap in the back and I brushed the hand away a couple of times. Finally realized it was Billy Ray. The coach. Our coach. And I said, what do you want? <laughs> he said, go out there and watch Gordy Howe. I said, I can see him fine from here. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my introduction. <laughs> wow, wow. But he turned out to be uh, one of my mm -hmm. uh, best friends after. Yes. Uh, obviously a big fan of his and uh, ended up being one of his pallbearers at his mm -hmm. funeral. So when you talk about your your um, your speaking mm -hmm. and and the the success that you have had with that, what are some of the things that have made that successful? Well, I think uh, it's you know where I came from, you know, mm -hmm. with twelve of us, mm -hmm. and I'm one of the youngest. And if you didn't have something smart to say, uh, nobody would listen. Mm -hmm. But I went and did it once the first time. With Doug Jarrett, my friend who's gone now. Yes. And uh, after her finish, he said, you were awful. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I was better than you. <laughs> but it just, it started out where I would go and there would be maybe five guys speaking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you got 50 bucks. 
Okay. And then, you know, they always said, you go last, you go last. So I would go last. And pretty soon that was four guys then three guys and two guys, you know, and the more money they paid me finally got down to just me. Yes. But uh, I am always nervous just before I go to speak, mm -hmm. just like I was when I played hockey, mm -hmm. you know, and because I'm the, I'm the star of the show. And yeah. if I'm no good, yeah. it's no good. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I've often talked to different individuals about that, that little bit of angst or that, that mm -hmm. nervousness before. Mm -hmm. and, and I get that myself. Mm -hmm. I got that before every game, before yes. I stepped on the ice. Yep. Usually when I got to the rink, I was okay. Yep. So just get me to the rink. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then, and then even with, um, with work and, and some of the choices I've made in my career, or if I'm speaking or doing a, mm -hmm. a facilitating a workshop, mm -hmm. you get a little bit of butterflies. And, yep. I, and I think that that's, that's healthy. I think that's and, good. And I don't yeah. think that that's a bad thing for sure. Exactly. And I think it sort of keeps us, I don't know if it's on our toes, but it, 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 it's, so. it, it, it keeps us um, grounded in terms of where we are in terms of our egos and mm -hmm. our arrogance mm -hmm. and that it's okay. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, we're just human. Yeah. Right? I don't know if they can see this on TV, but this is the thrill of my life. Uh, when I played for Team Canada in 72. Mm -hmm. And I think most everyone of a certain age uh, know where they were when Paul Henderson scored the goal yeah. for Canada to win. And yeah. I can attest to Harry Sendon's good coaching. I was on the bench, but... <laughs> You know, uh, President Putin was 17 in 72. And his favorite player, this is how dummy is, was me. <laughs> <laughs> so on our 40th anniversary, he invited me to Moscow. Mm -hmm. And he flew me over. I get off the plane in uh, Moscow. I think I'm going through immigration. His plane's waiting right there. My goodness. And we get on, the two of us, and we flew down to Sochi. It is beautiful. It's like Florida. And uh, we're having dinner together. And he said, Dennis, you like Sochi? I said, President Putin, this trumps everything. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you're a funny guy. <laughs> so it really was fun. Yeah. And the game has given you lots of opportunities, hasn't it? Oh, like everything I have is because of hockey. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what mm -hmm. it is, it's mm -hmm. all because uh, of hockey, which is strange. And, uh, you know, every year in Chicago they have what they call a fan fest. Yes. And I know you've been there with I me. Have. Let me tell you, tell everybody what you did at fan fest. I was uh, signing books, right? Yes. My book, The Third Best Hall. Mm -hmm. I would have been fourth, but they wouldn't let my sister Maxine play. Yeah. Anyway, we decided to go out for a breath of fresh air. We go down these long flights of stairs, and we open the door, and we're outside. And that was fine. True as we sit here. Yep, yes. that's it. <laughs> so now we're going to go back inside. So we go to the entrance where everybody goes in, and they said, where's your ticket? And I, I said, we don't have a ticket. They weren't going to let us in, right? That's right. So Judy said, do you know who this is? <laughs> this is the guy over there signing the book. <laughs> so See Judy, that lineup? <laughs> Judy, let him in. Judy him got in. me yeah. in. That yeah. was good. <laughs> yeah. I can tell that your passion for the game 
and what it, what the game gave to you mm-hmm. and the opportunities that came after the yeah. game because of the game yeah right and I and I mean on a different scale and certainly on a on a much smaller scale when I think about the opportunities that I've been presented with because of my involvement sure. in sport and I think the opportunities that we've created because of our time mm-hmm. in sport as yeah. well yeah does that uh, that makes sense but uh, I'm sure you did too made to, Fabulous friends. Absolutely. And your team. Yeah. And I did too. Mm-hmm. You know, my best friend, mm-hmm. Doug Jarrett, he's gone. Yeah. Jim Pappen, you know, who's I'm going to see in Chicago. Yeah. Pip Martin, who's gone. Mm-hmm. Bill White, who's gone. Pierre Pilat, who's gone. So, what I want to do is uh, make sure that I enjoy as much as I can, mm-hmm. you know, the best. And of course, Billy Ray's gone. And, uh, you know, he was such a such a wonderful, wonderful guy. And, and Doug Jarrett, we were in Pittsburgh, and <clears throat> there was a big kerfuffle. Jimmy and Pitt and I started the game. And Doug Jarrett, our captains, at the penalty box. So, that, you know, 10 minutes it feels like when you're sitting on the bench. Anyway, word filtered back. No. <laughs> <laughs> word filtered back that Billy Ray, our coach, forgot to put someone in the lineup. So Dougie came over and he said, look it. I said, whoever it is, get him out of here and let's get going. He said, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> so I went off the ice like Jackie Gleason, the last soul. Yeah. You you speak very fondly of Billy Ray. Yeah, he was a true leader, wasn't he? Yeah, he was he was the best man I have ever met in my life. Wow. Yeah, and he was like a father to me. Mm-hmm. He was like, a, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you a story which sort of points that out. We were playing in uh, Los Angeles, and uh, came over the blue line, slapped one, went through the goalie's pads, but it wasn't in was just on the line, and Cliff Coral came in and knocked it in. So they announced goal by Cliff Coral. Billy Ray said, Cliff, you get over there and tell him you didn't score that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Billy, you know, get over there. Yeah. So Cliff said, what are we going to do? And I said, well, I'll go with you. So we go over to the penalty box, and I said, my coach wants to say that I scored the goal. The guy said, you didn't score the goal. Cliff did. I said, I know, but I just pretend that I'm telling you that I got the goal. So uh, we did that, came back to the bench, and Billy said, did you change it? And I said, yep. And he said, oh, good. Next morning in the paper, he said, you didn't change that. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to see, you know, all those guys when I get to Chicago. Cliff Corals, uh, you know, one of my Mm -hmm. favorites. Mm -hmm. And that's really about we never lose that sense of team, do we? I know. We really I know. Don't. It's like a it's like a cult. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're all together. Yeah. You and know, we lost so many guys, yeah. Keith Magnuson, and you know all the guys I've mentioned. So yeah. And when you leave that environment, did you have a sense of losing a little bit of your identity? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The o- the only thing I had going with for me was uh, especially in Canada when I'd go places they at least knew mm-hmm. you know who I was mm-hmm. a little bit so that I never mean, happened to me what? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that on on many different levels whether it's um, someone playing varsity hockey like myself sure. or playing professional hockey mm-hmm. when the game is over 
and that part that becomes sort of part of us, but it's it's in the past. Yeah. Then there is sort of a sense of who am I now and mm-hmm. what do I do now? Exactly. And and how do we transition into that right. into that business mm-hmm. and into our that and in terms of how we evolve and I know move it. forward. It's not easy. No. It's no, not easy. Not at all. You know, I was I was lucky that you know, I could do this speaking, but mm-hmm. you know, there's lots of guys uh, that are selling insurance, or yeah. you know, yeah, you're still like doing what you love to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get asked, you know, so many times that it's really humbling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's you know, you just brought up that humbling piece. I think there is a piece around that humility that is a skill that that is. Uh, learned at an early age too Mm -hmm. when you're as successful as you were at Mm -hmm. an early age and and to have that that professional career and and to then continue to be successful it's because of that humility don't you think that's a big part of it too i think so you know my first day at brock university i was in uh professor rosebrand's class and it was a french class so you know, again, I I was 33, and I walk in, and Professor Rosemarin said, "Finally, the plumber's here." <laughs> <laughs> His sink was plucked yes. out. He thought I was a plumber. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's great. Uh, we could talk about we could. I've I've heard many of your stories. I love them all well, over and over you. again. If there was something that you could tell people, it just gives folks a little bit of advice as they transition from sport, whether it's hockey or any other sport, not that there's any other yeah. sport, right? what would you say to them? What would you tell them? Well, I would tell them that find something else that you really love. Mm-hmm. And there has to be something else. It just can't be one thing. And if they can find something that they really love, then go after that one. You know, mm-hmm. after I was finished, I loved school. I never yes. liked it when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. But after, I loved school and I couldn't get enough of it. And yeah. uh, so that's what I did. Yeah. So you, obviously, in our conversation, and because I've heard it so, so many, many times, <laughs> you have this incredible sense of humor. Where did that come from? I think from uh, your grandmother, my really? mother. Yeah. She was a funny old girl. And uh, I could make her laugh. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, when I get up in the morning, that's what I planned on doing mm-hmm. to make my mother laugh. And that sense of humor, and I know from having other conversations with you, that yeah. that sense of humor you had, obviously, um, during your days in Chicago mm-hmm. and keeping the dressing room light mm-hmm. and 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 uh, um, entertaining your, your teammates. Yeah. And then, obviously, now parlaying that into a very successful uh, keynote speaking. I've been uh, really, really lucky, mm-hmm. really lucky that way. And, uh, you know, I've seen, uh, I've been out with the, I don't know if do you remember Jim Ralph. He imitates Don Cherry. Okay. And uh, he's very good. And uh, uh, I was doing something, and uh, he was fabulous. And your Uncle Bob, I was up next, and he said, boy, that's a tough act, act to follow. So I went up, and the first thing I said, they forgot about Jim Ralph. <laughs> he said, you're really good. <laughs> but he doesn't. Uh, he used to speak. Uh, your Uncle Bob, but uh, now he just goes and sits there and says, I'm Bobby Hall. (laughs) (laughs) That's all he has to be, right? (laughs) That's right. That's right. Okay, that's great. Did you ever do a shootout? Uh, Were you ever part of a shootout? 
A shootout. Mm. No, no, they didn't have they it. Didn't when, have no, it. They we didn't tied. have it. Right? We had tied games. I always wanted to be that person. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I always wanted to take, be the shootout. We used to be tied with a few minutes to go, and Pierre Pilat used to say, "All right, we got half a loaf. Let's keep it." <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to give you five questions okay. in the next 60 seconds, okay. 90 seconds, and uh, you can just answer okay. as you see fit okay. or not. What's your favorite hobby? Uh, golf. Knew it. <laughs> what are three words that you would use to describe yourself? Uh, handsome, bald, and well-married. <laughs> ah! <laughs> and your lovely wife is here. Yes, she is. My Aunt Janet. Yeah. Okay. What do you do first thing in the morning? I get up and push the button for the coffee and go out and sit on my uh, porch on our farm. And for the last month or so, we have bluebirds. Okay. They are so beautiful. I watch them. Mm -hmm. It's like they're, they know I'm watching and they flit around and they're so beautiful. So that's what I do. Nice way to start the morning. Yeah. I'm moving to the farm. All right. Okay. (laughs) If somebody was going to, not if, when someone gives you a compliment, what are they going to say about you? I hope they say that uh, I'm not rude and that uh, that I'm nice to them mm-hmm. and that uh, uh, they would like to uh, spend time with me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can say that okay. I would like that. I know, but I'd like Raquel Welch to say it. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you're um, working, mm-hmm. and uh, when are you most productive? What time of the day? Oh, probably 10 o'clock. Oh, in the morning. 10 o'clock, up. very specifically, 10 o'clock. Yeah, 10 o'clock, I'm okay. up and You're going, ready to you're go. You're doing it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I'm going to say thank it. You, thank you, sweetheart. Uncle Dennis, thank for you, being here and, and, and having this conversation and uh, the insight and the, the jokes. And, and I I look forward to all of the time that I'm in your company. So thank too you for nice. this. I love you. All right, love you too.